fire Give me some brew and I might just chill But I'm the type that likes to light another joint like Cypress Hill I still do these spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it Go get the S T I D E F. Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh, rolling joints like a cigarette So pass it across the table like ping pong I'm gone, beating my chest like King Kong And some wrap my lips around the phony And when it comes to getting another stogie Fools all kick in like Shinobi
hey, so welcome back to the Tunnel Vision. I'm your host, Chase Johnston Lynch, and I'm joined once again by my good buddy, Phil Bill. What's up, Phil? Hey, man, how's it going? Good to be here. Yeah, man, see, you guys can't see us, but we're really chilling on this hot weather and everything like that. Phil's letting his hair hanging out, so he's looking more like Ludwig every every minute I look at him. Um, Ludwig Beethoven, for those who don't know. <laughs> Um, but still, I, I love it. <laughs> Let your hair hang out, bro. Damn straight. Damn straight, he said. He said, I'm letting my hair hang out because we're talking about um, a double act of auteurs, um, the Cohen brothers. Absolutely. And, you know, what's interesting is, is that um, I don't know if they were like the first, but um, I remember that at a time I was thinking, you know, they, they, they started this trend a brother directors, mm. you know, um, you know, like, uh, you know, it, like um, there was um, the Hullen brothers, there was the Russo brothers, there was the, uh, um, oh man, damn it, yeah, those, uh, well, they're black <laughs> um, brothers, <laughs> uh, you know, where it was kind of like, I really liked um, the fact that, hey, look, we we're like of one mind. You know, and so like we 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 uh, understand one another. We communicate well. So it's like uh, what you find when you interview uh, two brothers. They'll say that like one works well with the actors, while the other works well with the crew. Right. You know, so they're able to split their mind. Yeah. You know, to get a good source of work material. But a lot of people seem to feel that it's worked well. You know, as far as uh, you know, the interaction of brother directors. You know, it's not like cousin directors, but it was like brother directors sure. to the point where I even actually wrote a film um, um, uh, about brother directors because I just thought. This is a unique element that no, how come nobody's ever covered this before? Amazing, yeah. You know, and everything, and uh, you know, got it as far as the script stage and almost, almost shooting stage, but uh, never got around to shooting it. But hey, you know, hey. I thought you were going to say you wrote you wrote a script with your brother there for me. I thought <laughs> I thought that's where we were going with that. You know what? I do have a brother. I know that like it would have been interesting. It would have been an interesting thing. Oh wow! You know what? <laughs> You need I to, could lie, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> you need to have a word with him. I know, I know, but that, he that, certainly lived an interesting life. I, oh, that, yeah, definitely he has. But I mean, you know, um, and uh, it's in my book. But like, the <laughs> thing, <laughs> I, I, I've got to get your book. Yeah. yeah, man. What happened, man? You say I'm going to get your book, and then you never told me about it. I, I thought you, you got the book, and you reacted like uh, several women. No. Who was like, oh my god, I'm so horrified. No, I completely, no, I completely forgot. I've got to get it. Yeah, you got to get. When it. When I get paid, I'll get full I'll of sex. Copy. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to the brothers, shall we? <laughs> um, so the Cohen brothers, you know, uh, you know. Um, where are they from originally? Are they from Minnesota? I, did, I, I don't think they're from Minnesota, but I mean, like, I, you know... Um, I'm check that out. I don't think they're from Minnesota, but what I was saying was, I know a bit of the origin story of the Coen brothers. Mm. You know, um, what is interesting about them is, like, remember when we were talking about Raging Bulls and Easy Riders and yes. stuff like that, about filmmakers of the 70s joining together and uh, supporting one another? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, the Coen brothers are no different in which... Um, Basically, uh, they were uh, friends and college roommates right. with uh, people like Sam Raimi and uh, um, 
George Romero and uh, Bruce Campbell and stuff like that. Right. Um, they were all like uh, friends. So I don't know. I don't know if it's Minnesota, but I think it's it you was. know like it was Minnesota. Yeah, it was yeah. Can't be right. Yeah. Anyway, St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Hmm. Anyway, but then they, I think they must have come to New York because um, they worked with uh, George Romero and John Russo on the making of. Um, well, not the making of Night of the Living Dead, but um, they they were around at the time right. um, when he was like one of the you know original independent filmmakers before they were like called auteurs right. and stuff like that. You know, like uh, George, uh, you know, had a an advertising company called Layton Image and everything, and um, you know they they uh, they worked on that. But what was interesting was is that um, Joel and Ethan. Had girlfriends, as you do, but their girlfriends were Holly Hunter and Francis McDormand, <laughs> right? So it was interesting that you guys all, you know, hanging out, chilling, you know, talking ideas and stuff until they finally, you know, come up with, you know, this film and that film and everything else like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, when George Romero was working on Night of the Living Dead, right. you know, Sam Raimi is thinking about Evil Dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everything. And, um, you know, so uh, there's this great book called Making Movies by John Russo, who was uh, George's uh, producer that I read and has a lot of great old stories about them. Right. You know, in the early days of uh, filmmaking, which is which has always been inspiring to me. Cool. Um, sure. yeah. And stuff, you know, uh, and it was it was good to see that throughout the years, you know, they will uh, support each other's projects, yeah. you know, and everything and stuff like that. So I just thought that was a good origin story of the Cohen brothers is that fact that um, they they were kind of like one of those first initiators of the brother directors who yeah. work of one mindset yeah. and everything. They truly are. We, we speak every week, don't we, about uh, mm-hmm. fil- filmmakers as auteurs. They really are that. They write, they produce, they direct. They do the whole thing, don't they, between them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, you know, because basically, basically, even in your research, it's like um, writing is one their their main forte. Yeah. You know, because they, they have written several films that they didn't direct. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty interesting, you know. So you got here like um, Unbroken with Angelina Jolie, uh, yeah. Steven Spielberg's Bridge of Spies, yeah. you know. Um, now, what's funny is uh, as I look at this, uh, you got Crime Wave, nineteen eighty five, which I believe Sam Raimi was involved in working on, you know. Right. Um, so you know, it's it's that thing of like, yeah, man, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You know, um, but that was that was a crazy film crime wave. Um, what was the, your first exposure to these guys? What was the first film you saw from them that you remember? Ooh, you know, it's really uh, it's really it's really hard to say because you know, um, I guess it would be like when we do our triptych, as we're already picking like three films. Yeah, um, is that it'll probably be the first one. That we're picking, yeah, I think because it's too. in order. I think me too. So it's like Fargo, nineteen ninety six. I think it was, that was for me. I too. think, I think, I think what was interesting to me about Fargo was like it's a strange title, no, no, the place at all. But the poster was like one of those kind of like white out posters where yeah. there's a there's a body in the snow, yeah, and everything's all white, yeah. 
you know, of course, the body has like like little red elements for yeah. blood, yeah, and stuff, and um, and that's reflected in the film, isn't it? Yeah, because because like uh, it takes place in in the winter in the in the really snowy region of Minnesota, as as you're saying, um, um, near the home of Paul Bunyan, the brain nerd. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, what's what's interesting is is that like from a distance, like remember that um scene. Uh, uh, when a car is coming um, out of the white, you know, yeah. it's like a complete whiteout. Yeah, and it made me think, um, it made me think that there was a comic book that came after this, you know, with a female sheriff. And then there was other female sheriff stories, right? you know, that What's came it, after yeah. this, What's you know, it? like, but, uh, Marg, what's her name? Margot Gunderson? No, no, not Gunderson. Cause that's the, uh, um, what, the uh, Francis McDormand's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, Marge Gunderson. Marge Gunderson. Um, She's hilarious. Oh man, and beautiful at this point. Yeah, time. you know more so than in um, Blood Simple. I thought, you know, um, yeah, which is which, which is which is interesting because her character is a pregnant sheriff. That's right. And, and you know how we often talk about mental health characters right. when we've been looking at films. Yeah. What did you think about her husband? A very strange chap. She well, I mean, I mean he's an actor, but no, I mean, but what did As you a think character about the, the character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the choice that the Cohen brothers have made. What do you think that that's all about? I didn't give it much thought, to be fair. He's, really? a very, he's an artist. He's a very unusual character. Doesn't not a man of many words. No, no, but I mean, he definitely has some mental health going on there. I'm very supportive of her. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Very. Well, well, she loved him. He yeah, loved her. Yeah, and all of that kind of stuff. So, and they they clearly known each other since high school. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, with the, the other character that comes along later that you know we find out about. But what I'm just trying to say is, I just thought it was uh, intriguing because obviously everybody has this kind of like slow pace kind of um um. Uh, uh, persona to them, right. you know, like every time the cops come along, hello, Marge. <laughs> but it's hello, very Dave. Scandinavian, is it? Oh my god, it struck me. The f I remember the first time I watched it back in the day. Mm. Oh my word, I hadn't realised. Which of course is obviously they're going to be the case if you think about it. They've got to be. They've got to be clusters of um, nationalities or in the in the United States where they they came over from somewhere and they kind of created a community somewhere. Yeah. And, and that's still still going on by the sound of it in that area of the country, in Minnesota, around, mm. about, uh, around the tw Twin Cities and all around there. And they yeah. speak with that really Scandinavian kind yeah. of... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was oh, also... Oh, you betcha. Yeah, yeah you betcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was clear, like, in, in um, William H. Macy's hilarious. wife. Hilarious. You know, she talked the same way as well. Yeah. But, like, uh, what I what I thought was interesting is, is that uh, Mark March, uh, she was very intelligent. She was very calculating, like uh, how she investigated the, her first crime scene. Like she doesn't even appear into the film for for first thirty minutes. Yeah, but um, I love it how she switches on a dime. Yeah, right. It's, it's so like, it's like it's, a persona. It that is she's, very much so. It yeah, is exactly. I was about to say that it's exactly that. You know, like with but, the but with, underneath, there's like. She's calculated and calculated and calculated. Well, yeah, yeah, but I just thought I just thought it was really interesting, like you know, um, you know, like with the uh, the friend from high school, you know, the lonely guy, you know, uh, how she switches there, but then also when she does her second interview 
when you make me see, you know, and everything. And he's like, hey, look, I'm trying to help you. I ain't got nothing to say. And so and then she just, a switch just goes off. That's right. And you see, it's like the lights, it's like shark vision. That's right. You know, when, when sharks, you know, they smell blood, their eyes go over That's from right. white to black. That's right. And, <laughs> and she's hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm not going to be talking funny anymore. You know, you better get your ass up on do some <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> That's right. You know, so she was great. Um, Brilliant. But um, this movie is crazy. I mean, like, uh, because this is not the first time they've done it. I think, I think, um, did, did they do Magnolia? Magnolia, they, no, I don't think that was No, theirs. no, no. They did a single man, though. Yeah. Um, And everything, but... Uh, the Coen Brothers loves to do what, uh, not documentaries, but they like to take real absurd stories and um, deal with the real absurdity of the story. Right. Where you go, that couldn't possibly have happened. Well, there's controversy over this because the statement at the beginning of Fargo, which says these, these, are these, this is based on the real facts. No, I know, but that's what but I'm trying to say. That's a load that of rubbish. What do you mean? That's just not true. It's not. Apparently, it's not true. Oh. Yeah, they've actually said the only thing that's true about it is that it's a story. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Apparently so. I'm ripping all this stuff up and throwing it out. Cheeky sods. Cheeky sods, my ass. <laughs> this is not true at all. Uh, Apparently, that's the case, that though. Route. You need to write to them. Well, I mean, I mean, they, there must be something about it. That fact that there was a kidnapping, maybe. They've picked, but, up, they've picked it up from some case, haven't they, somewhere? Well, you know, listen, I mean, you know, as we do these things, you know, we uh, we jump around and, you know, uh, these films, this from, what, 96, so, yeah. you know, you know you know the story. If you don't, you don't. But the Coen brothers, as I was saying to you, was they're, they're, they're pretty verbose in their writing, aren't they? Mm. You know, they love words, and um, they love... For for the reality of characters, um, people tend to repeat themselves. You know, they don't just say something once and it's clear. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll repeat it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I I told you. I I said it. Yeah. I, what, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, William H Macy. <laughs> but um, you know, and in that fashion is is that um, I was kind of like unclear a little bit about what was uh William H Macy's uh, motivation. You know, for needing the money. I mean, I'm never I'm really thinking, named, is it? Yeah, yeah, because I'm thinking like maybe, maybe it was uh, gambling, but you know, because he had he had that big money that he had from the car deal. Well, that's 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 also yeah, obviously going horribly that wrong. Was, yeah, yeah, that's going wrong because he, he fudged the license, right. the serial numbers. And everything, and, and he knew was, he fudged the serial and that numbers. That was three hundred thousand dollars. That was exactly. So, so that wasn't so so so. It's like it's like um, because they're like we're gonna have to pull that money back. So if they pull that money back, he needs to probably replace it. So that's why you know he needs this kidnapping thing to happen. But like in that aspect though, is is that um, you know um, I really love how people don't um, how should we say. Uh, people were not very clear in their conversation. So it's like, he told them, so if you got it, if you listen very closely, he told them that you're going to, uh, I'm going to, you're going to ransom my wife. I need you to come in at my wife. Mm -hmm. He hires these two mm -hmm. knuckleheads, mm -hmm. Steve Buscemi mm -hmm. and Peter Stamari, mm -hmm. right, to kidnap his wife, mm -hmm. right? You're going to get 80000 
right? And you're going to give me 40000 Right, so you're actually only going to get forty thousand. Yeah, which means you will split twenty thousand each. Yeah, right. So like, um, they're willing to do that yes. until everything goes pear shaped. Yes, right. But then what they don't know, and what we don't know until we find out, he's asked that for a million. He's asked for a million. <laughs> Clever fucker, right? <laughs> until. The dad is like, I don't want to give up a million for my own daughter. How about we give her like uh, five hundred? <laughs> and then like, you can't, no man, you can't negotiate. You gotta pay it. You gotta pay it. <laughs> so, you know, he's thinking, okay, all right. So I'm gonna get the million. Yeah. Then I'm gonna give these guys 40K, the eighty, and then they will yeah. give me forty That's back. That's right. Right. That's right. So like, sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. Until it goes pear shaped. Yes. Yeah. And stuff like that. Now, the thing about it is, is the fact that that reason why I do believe in the reality of the story is because of what happens to the money. What happens to the money? Yeah. 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 You know, because that's completely, because nobody actually says it out loud. Like, like when Steve Buscemi calls and the dad's on the phone, he never says, no, man, I want my 80 grand. <laughs> 80 grand, what are you talking about? I got a fucking million dollars, right? <laughs> I would be worried, right? That's you know, right. like the dad's listening on the phone and stuff like that. So it's like people never really complete sentences or, you know, that's what sure. I'm just trying to say. Sure. But then like, so. That's reality. That's how people do speak. I know. Yeah, and, exactly. and this is what the Coen brothers do. Absolutely. The like characters are knee deep in this kind of, um, uh, I wouldn't say satirical, but knee deep in this weird old conversation of reality. Yeah. You know, where it's like, you just got to kind of like go with the flow and, you know, just hoping that I'm connecting the right dots here. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And everything. And that's why what I'm saying when I'm talking about it is, is that what's really clever about the film is because of that. Because... When the dad decides, fucking, I'm taking the money, and then William means me, no, 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 I'm supposed to do it. He's like, I'm yeah. taking it. And That's stuff, he's like, he's got no money. Now, what the fuck? Yeah, he's got no because money. Because once he meets up the guy, and the guy <laughs> says, Where's my 80,000? What are you talking about? I got a million. <laughs> right? There should have been that moment that William makes makes he goes, Oh, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he merely just drives out. To, 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 yeah, yeah. To, the, to the thing. But it should be like, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Who's, who's the father then? Come on. Harv Presnell? Yeah. Do you know him? Oh, he's one of those great character actors, but I don't know. I've seen him and stuff. Why, the reason he... I knew his name so well, I'd forgotten he was in this. Mm-hmm. My dad had an album by him. He was a, he was a classical singer originally before Get he went out. into... Bef- yeah, before he went into acting, he was, a, he was a classical singer. Didn't I know that? So my dad had an album of his, like of old West songs of the old West or something like that it was. Oh my God, was he like a singing cowboy? He was, yeah. Well, those were the songs he was singing on the album anyway, yeah. Home on the Range and, you know, all that mm, sort of stuff. Home on the Range. <laughs> I can imagine that. I can imagine that, man. He, yeah, that's the, but when his name came, I thought, oh my goodness, man, I'd completely forgotten about him. Oh, you know what? Know what? You say you wouldn't know this, but I'm a big fan of Dawson's Creek. I don't know Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I said you wouldn't know Was that a bit of a soap opera sort of thing? Yeah, it was like a teen soap on on American telly, which is, I write, I'm a sap. But um, it was about (laughs) a guy like me, like a young filmmaker, you know, loves Spielberg, you know, that kind of stuff, and a girl next door. But um, um, in in later seasons, Harv Presnell played... 
uh, a filmmaker who was just like him. Oh, wow. You know, so like, uh, you know, he was like this salty old man. <laughs> yeah. Bitter, you know, and he had like one or two films <laughs> and stuff like that. And he was doing like a documentary on him. Like, what do you want to do a documentary on me for, boy? That's where I know him from. <laughs> you know, because it was great to see the correlation and like, hey, you you know, you grow up being be bitter like this motherfucker. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Unless I don't know, unless some somehow you change your fate there, yeah, Dawson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's where I know how president. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. For those out there who love Dawson Creek. <laughs> Cause that's where Katie Holmes is from. Tom Cruise's West Wife. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. Anyway. <laughs> um so uh, what did you think about these, uh, you know, these bad guys and stuff? Well, we, we've, uh, we're covering, th- we haven't mentioned the three films, we're actually, we're covering, obviously we're covering Fargo now. We're going to be covering um, The Brilliant Big Lebowski and then we're going to be covering... Um, yeah, no, I mean, but I'm talking about the bad guys. No Country Fargo. for Old Men. Well, the first, before we got the bad guys, I, I noticed that two out of the three, these three films are like in setting wastelands. That's how it felt to me. Yeah, well, well, places that are, you know, hard to live in. In this case, freezing cold. Well, what's interesting is like, I mean, you know, when I looked at uh, what is for no country for old men, it made me think this is the same as the snowy region of Minnesota. Oh, that's funny. It's the same thing in reverse. Yeah, that's right. So it's like instead of snowy region of Minnesota. We'll go to the hot desert. That's right, yeah. Like Texas, that. West Texas. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah, I agree. So they have this um, love of, uh, you know, um, expansion and wide open spaces. That's right. Um, mystery in the, in, the, in, the, in the great wide open. Certainly. In the, in <laughs> like these... a Tom Petty song. <laughs> yeah, I love Tom Petty so Oh, much. yeah, well, you know, I thought you would. But um, these in two of these three films, the location is a character in its own right. Probably, yeah, That's yeah, how it yeah, felt yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, we'll come on to the other one, obviously, in a bit. But this place is somewhere I couldn't live. This is this is where Bob Dylan comes from. Bob Dylan comes from Duluth. Yeah. So, well, it's if a you, if you, harsh if you, environment, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you would think about it, um, um, Big Lebowski is the the location is the bowling alley. It is basically, yeah, and like they do a lot of intricate shots of. Uh, the bowling alley in itself, yeah. you know, the balls, the lanes. And another um, character, basically. Again, the same sort of thing, isn't it? Using location. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, so they, they you know, so they do they do a bit of that um, and stuff, you know. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, so, but what so I, the reason why I was asking about the bad guys. The bad guys. Well, they're just a pair of idiots, these two, aren't they? But they yeah, are. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, it's, what's, 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 What's interesting is that because, um, you know, um, Macy uh, basically uh, asks a, a, a worker, That's right. right, do you know any bad people? That's right. right? That's right. And then uh, um, the guy just happens to be an Indian and everything like that, you know. Um, and he's like, yeah, I, I know some guys, whatever, and stuff. And... Um, you know, it's that kind of thing, like, you know, uh, asking a black guy, do you know anybody got some weed or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's pretty odd that you're going to ask me if I know any people who could do something bad. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, um, but then, you know, so then he does and he puts them on to these, uh, um, to these idiots, like you say. And um, 
Uh, but they're also, they're also cruel. They're, 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 they have no kind of conscience. Well, well, I mean, see, this is this is this is the thing. Like uh, Peter Stamari, you know, like uh, he, you know, I was thinking about it because he's in other Cohen films as well. As I was thinking that he, you know, loves to do these strange uh, accents. I like to talk like this, but this character he chose not to speak much at all. Mm. You know, and just always have like a cigarette in his mouth kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and just be calculating. But then he's like the worst evil, you know, mm-hmm. killer mm-hmm. of them all. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Buscemi, who also appears in these movies, uh, in the Cohen movies a lot. He's another member of the repertory company, isn't he? Steve well, yeah, the repertory, yeah. Too, yeah, yeah, you know. And like, um, and he's the, the, the voice man. So it's like, it's interesting that like, when they're driving, he's like, how come you're not talking? I mean, I'm talking, and you're like, well, you don't want me to talk. I'm like, hey, I'm not talking. I'm talking. And stuff like that. And and it's kind of like, um, <laughs> you're not even letting me, like, fucking, you're not even letting me do my shtick. <laughs> you know? Um, which was which was interesting, because as a writing piece, you choose to create characters that don't talk to each other. Yeah, that's right. You know, and that's everything. Right. But that's then, I guess it's also... What they say or how they express themselves because they don't do that. Mm. You know, what did you think? What did I think? Um, what did I think? I, uh, Steve Buscemi always looks like a, just a little, like a little, like a weasel to me. And he's an ugly guy. Yes. That's the, well, no, but that's the way they describe him. The girls describe him that way. <laughs> the other guy, yeah. and then they say, like, "Well, what do you mean by ugly? I don't know, just ugly." <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean. And the other guy is just—he's he, just blank, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. just blank. Yeah. And you don't know what the hell's going on underneath that. So yeah. He's very hard to read. And I mean, yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. then if he turns out to be the heartless one, a totally heartless and yeah, uh, and yeah. evil, yeah. That was that was that was that was that was, that was, that was, that was pretty wild. Um, you know how so we how from, it all turned. Yeah. So you go from a really quite light-hearted, quite funny, quite funny to watch, observe. Mm kind of film into into some very very Savage. dark places yeah 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 and it turns on a sixpence as we saw really if you had that, ref, that 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 saying before it turns in in, in in a couple of frames it goes from one to another well what i like is the fact that you know um you know um gunderson you know the uh francis mcdormand i like how reason why I won't commit crime is because you're going to get caught. Yeah. I'm looking right at the camera when I say this. The reason why I don't commit crime Camera's is because... It's not on, man. Oh, damn you, man. It is, <laughs> technically. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking down the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> We are podcasters, damn it. Anyway, so like, as, 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 <laughs> as I was trying to say, um, before feel so rudely interrupted <laughs> and everything, is that um, <laughs> you don't commit crime because you don't commit crime. I do not commit crime because you're going to get caught. Yes, and no matter how 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 uh, you know you plan for these things, something always goes wrong. So it's like, you know, um, you know, he, so they get pulled over. They're taking, you know, the wife uh, to their location and a cop uh, just sees that their tags are not on the car. He made a basic error, an absolute 
basic error. And and the thing about it is, is that you know because because Macy owns a car dealership, it has dealer plates on it and stuff like that. Nothing he doesn't even think about these things. But like the whole deal is, is so the cop you know pulls him over and everything, and um you know the wife who's in the back seat whimpers, and so oh, that's that, that that everything goes wrong from there. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Samari shoots the cop and everything. You know, um, um, Steve has to try and get him off the road. And as he's pulling him off the road, then another car comes in the distance. Now, Steve's not a big guy. He's not a strong guy. He's like, I can't just drop the cop. Cop's lights are still blinking and something like that. So the car is coming closer and closer. What the hell am I going to do? You know, and then the car drives right past. He's like, what the fuck? And then, and then it zips off and everything. And Stamari goes after them. Now, this is what I mean. Something is always going to go wrong. Do you know what I mean? Undoubtedly. I mean, you know, you, things you never planned for, blood stains, I don't know, all those kind of things. And that's where Marge was really good at. She picks up on the little things and stuff, you know, like when she investigates the crime scene the next day. Um, you know, she's able to kind of like ascertain what's going on. So you're always wondering, like, how am I going to get caught? I mean, I'm not even from here. Nobody knows me. Oh, yeah, those hookers we got with. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, as if nobody would know, two strange fellas came in and slept with some hookers at this hotel. Yeah, sure. Oh, they're not even actually hookers. They were just local girls. And <laughs> stuff, so, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, damn, man, how come I made that mistake? You know, so yeah, never commit crime, people. You're gonna get caught. <laughs> Absolutely right. You know, so I mean, yeah, but uh, so yeah, so it's a it's a bloodbath and blank brainard, um, and, and and everything, cool. and uh, that will lead into you know the discovery of this situation um, that we had mentioned about the money and everything else. There's um, there's a couple of spin-offs from this. First of all, there was a series. What it be current still? I don't know. But the yeah, yeah, there was there was there was uh, four seasons of Fargo. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the thing about it is, is the fact that it's an anthology series. So, like, meaning that it follows different characters and stuff like that. You know, um, the first one was with Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Then they had like uh, Ewan McGregor as twins. You know, and then um, the last one had uh, Chris Rock. Wow. And stuff, you know, um, didn't see the third one. But, um, yeah, so it was just an interesting anthology series of supposedly real events <laughs> well, <laughs> that probably aren't. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and everything. And, I mean, like, uh, so I don't know if there's a fifth one, but because the fourth one only just... I'm finished, um, you know, pretty much last season. Right, okay, right. And, and everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, so that's been well received. Yeah, yeah, that's been very well received. And it's very similar this to Mayor of East Town, which I don't think you've seen yet, have you? I haven't seen Mayor of East Town. I do want to see it. There's a no. lot of the bleakness in this, you know, the cold kind of environment and stuff. But that's what I'm trying to say. It's female, like this whole female, female cop, you know. Well, there was Happy Valley. That was really good. That. that was well, that was a British one. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I saw the trailers for that. And yeah. um, there yeah. was another uh, American one. I can't remember the name of it, but mm. but that's what I'm trying to say. Is this March character definitely? You know, they've been doing her up in different people. Yeah. Uh, 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 playing that, um, and everything. So like, um, so you want to hit the hit the numbers? Yeah. Um, great success. 
Um, a seven million dollar budget and a box office take of sixty over sixty million dollars. So excellent. Um, um, probably their first big success, I would think. Would that mm. be right, Chase? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, first one, yeah, Deadpool. I mean, it's kind of like these brothers, uh, brothers watch, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everything. Uh, you know, uh, when did Blood Simple? Did Blood Simple not happen before this? I'm not sure. I'm looking at your looking at your thing. I oh wait a minute! No, no. There's other things before this because. Looking at your thing here, you got uh, Raising Arizona in 87, and you got Barton Fink in 91. Yeah. Miller's Cross in 1990. But so, I'm talking about big financial success. And well, no, but I mean, you know, but no, so it just, I'm just saying is, uh, these are all like, uh, you know, um, yeah, big films or films, you know, that the Collins are known for and everything like that. Yeah. So, uh, I see these dates, but yeah. So, yeah, so as far as awards were concerned, it's, it was nominated seven times at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Did it win? And it won two Best Actress for Frances McDormand. Nice. And Best Original Screenplay for the Coens. Nice. It's been selected, as we've said several times during this series, uh, for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as culturally, historically mm. or aesthetically significant. Um. So yeah, it, it's it's a it's a big success across yeah. the board, really. Fantastic reception critically, brilliant um, financial success. Yeah, I just love the film. I absolutely love it. Yeah, they make me laugh, uh, and it's also got that that twist, as, as I say. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, like um, you know, um, that ending about the money. I mean, I do want to do. It hit that before we go is is that uh you know um when uh the dad shows up you know for his daughter and Basemi's like where the hell is you know uh the other guy the dad's like you're dealing with me and he still never says where's my eighty grand you know what I mean you're dealing with me and he's like oh fuck it, you know and then he shoots the dad. Right, and then the dad like, oh, but the dad has a gun because he's ready to use it, so he shoots him in the face, and I'm like, whoa, dad was like, Jesus Christ, blasted his, his face, so the ugly guy gets uglier, <laughs> and then then he then he just like unloads unloads onto the dad, but he takes the money, and um, I'm wondering why Macy's not not there. You know, already. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. he knew where he was going. Mm. I'm wondering why, I mean, I, you know, I don't know why he moved so slowly because mm. they showed him putting on his boots and everything and stuff. So, so like, either way, so he gets there in time to at least see the semi rolling out. But then again, it's, it's yeah, not... Yeah, he had not, the opportunity to stop him as well. He had the opportunity to stop yeah, him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let he, him go. Exactly. So he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that. You know, and everything, and uh, and then Basemi discovers, you know, the extra money. So you and know, but, but he got a cabin. bloody freaking face. Well, I don't know what he was put on his face. Was he put tape on his oh, face? God knows. And stuff, but he's a mess. But he gets back to the blinking um, the cabin, and the other no, guys, but but but, but the before other guys he, killed her anyway. Yeah, but before he gets back <laughs> to the cabin, you know, like he he comes up with the smart thing. I'll take out the eighty grand. That's right. And yeah. then I'll hide that's the right. rest of the money. That's right. So he hides the money in the big white. That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
you know, uh, what's what happens to you about your your, your chopper? That's your right. Chopper. It marks marks the location. It, it marks the location and stuff. But he doesn't tell anybody. No. Nope. So nobody knows. No. Nope. So like when he goes back to the house, like you say, and discovers that the wife is dead already, and the guy. So I don't even know why the guy like flipped on him. You know, because because he's like, he's like, um, no, we're gonna split the car. It's like, what? what <laughs> how do you split a car, bro? <laughs> You're gonna pay for the car. Hey, what would you mean? I mean, I just gave you forty thousand dollars, and that's all you were expecting, right? So it wasn't like he was expecting more money, right? So I just so so it's like I want it all or whatever. I mean, and the guy's like got a bleeding hole in his face. Well, he's still the so guy. I mean, I, I I felt I felt I felt what Basemi is like. Look, dude, are we done? I'm out of here. <laughs> I gave you the money. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> I didn't right. have to come in and do that. Right, yeah. I did that. What are you? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, and everything. And then he comes out, and then he and he kills him and shit. And and like um, so he doesn't even to, to tell him. But there's more money. <laughs> no, you no, know? no, no. But then Smart Marge finds the house, finds the car, in time just to see you know my man going in the wood chipper. And so I'm just kind of like. That when I saw it the first time, I was like, "Whoa, that is so awful!" That yeah, is really, especially because he was trying to push him down into it, and so. Oh God, and then awful. it seemed like I think the wife was on the side. I think the body of her was on the side, but she still was dead, you know. So either way you look at it, is nobody finds out that there's a, a suitcase full of money. Correct. There's dad, dad, guy, dead, and everything else like that. So I was wondering. Well, what's going to happen with Macy? Because Macy knows that there's money. And so <laughs> mm. they find him in a motel. Mm. So he's not dead. So then I'm just kind of like thinking, okay, I guess that's another movie. Or uh, <laughs> at another point in time. Where he goes, all right, listen. There's like 80000 <laughs> You know, 800000 900000 dollars 900000 20, Yeah, 900029 That's right. Yeah. Whatever, 20000 out there. Somebody help me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it. Yeah. And stuff, you know. Ultimately, though, a black, a brilliant black comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant black comedy. Yeah. Such dark humour. Yeah. Uh, That's fine, go. Brilliantly done. That's fine, go. So, uh, I guess we're going to have to play a track um, from this. Awesome. And everything like that. So, like, uh, i leave it to Phil. <laughs> I'll go with Bob Dylan. He Bob goes, Dylan. He goes with the territory. He goes with the territory. <laughs> so, that's Bob Dylan. Here we go. Don't 
Collab creations, bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet, giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shakers. Shutting it down, good luck. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, she don't play around. Cover much grounds, got game by the town. Getting paid is a forte each and every day. True play away. I can't get her out of my mind. Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow. East side to the west side. Pushing fat rides. It's no surprise. She got tricks in the stash. Stacking up the cash. Fast when it comes to the gas. By no means average. It's on when she's got to have it. Baby, you're a perfect 10. I wanna get in. Can I get down so I can I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up She's got classes style She knowledge by the time Baby, never act wild Very low-key on the profile Catching feelings is a no Let me tell you how it goes Curves the word, spins the verb Lovers, it curves so freak what you heard Rolling with the fatness You don't even know what the half is You've got to pay to play Just for shorty bang bang to look your way I like the way you work it Trump tight all day, every day You're blowing my mind Maybe in time Baby, I can get you in my ride I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up bag it up. I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work it No diggity I got to bag it up bag it up, babe. I like the way you work it No Class from New York City to Black Street. What you know about me? Now don't be off for nothing. Cartier wooded frame sported by my shorty. As for me, icy gleaming pinky diamond ring. We bees to buy this click up on this scene. Ain't you getting bored with these fake bang boards? High shows and proves, no doubt. I been thinking so. Please excuse if I come across rude. That's just me. And that's how a play it's got to be. Stay kicking game with a capital G. Ask the people's on my block. I'm as real as can be. Word is born. Faking moves never been my thing So Teddy, pass the word to your nigga Chauncey I'll be sending the call, let's say around 3.30 Queen Pen and Black Shoes I like the way you work it No D.G.D. 
We out. All right, man. So, you know, um, so now it's our second triptych. And, like, uh, basically, even though we kind of, like, said in the beginning how landscapes seem to be in the visual storytelling of the Coen brothers, mm. um, this this film, The Big Lebowski, doesn't really have any landscapes, but it seems to have a love of bowling. <laughs> An intricate love of bowling. You could say that. I mean, all the way down to the waist girths of people <laughs> when they when they look at the shots. It's a complete love letter to bowling, isn't it? I mean, you know, do you bowl? No, not really. I won't call myself a bowler. I enjoy it when I go. Right, but yeah. a bit of an occasional thing for me. I I've had it. occasionally bowl and stuff like that, but it's like it's not... It it takes a certain amount of skill, I think. Yeah, it's very skillful. You know, yeah, um, yeah, and, very. And everything, and it's not that fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. I, I once, believe it or not, went I to think the, you only enjoy it if you get strikes. <laughs> I went to the World Championships once, bizarrely, because mm. I, I, I was working for a guy, and he said, um, I've got an event on in Nottingham on Saturday night. Do you want to come come to it? I said, uh, okay, what is it? And he was like a ver almost a professional bowler, and he was in the World Championships for UK Championships or something like that, mm. which was pretty interesting. They're a very different kind of breed of people. Right, 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 right. Well, I mean, like... Um, Over so, here, anyway. I can't yeah. speak for American No, 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 no. Well, you know, we have bowling for dollars, so... Bowling know, for... Bowling dollars. for dollars. So, I mean, we had it was a TV show where people bowl for money. Right. And stuff like that. So it was it was a big thing for a long time, actually. Um and stuff. Um, just well, kind of like you have bullseye with darts. We have bowling for dollars. Yeah, yeah. But we've got to talk about the dude, don't we? We need to speak. Yeah, about no, I'm I'm going right there, bro. I mean, so dude, yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, you can't talk about the dude without talking about Sam Elliott first. About who? Sam Elliott first. Oh right, yeah, the narrator. Yeah, 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 he's brilliant. Right. I don't know what the hell was going on there. I mean, you know, first of all, Sam Elliott's got a fantastic voice. And um, the Coen brothers, that's another thing they like to do is they like to narrate their stories. They, they like to have, like, great voices. I'm surprised they haven't worked with Morgan Freeman. This is probably an, a, a Greek kind of theater kind of mm, Yeah, no, okay, that's, that's a good way of looking at yeah. it. And stuff, you know. I mean, because I was just wondering who is Sam... Because especially when Sam Elliott appears in the story... Uh -huh. You know, it was just like, who are you supposed to be? You know what I mean? Um, but, um, <laughs> and then, I mean, the corny moment of, you know, uh, they follow the tumbleweed going through town <laughs> as he's still talking. The tumbling tumbleweed. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Cohen Brothers, uh, are you losing it? <laughs> Are you losing it at this point? Oh, somebody like the Luvian brothers or somebody singing the song in the background. <laughs> but then, so we introduced to the dude, the dude. Um, which not a lot of people call him the dude. I think he calls himself the dude. <laughs> Just like, hey, the dude, uh, do the Rami, do the do do. El Duderino. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever one, man. The I'm dude the dude, stuff. man. <laughs> You it's know? just hilarious, though. Yeah. But talking about Jeff Bridges, though, obviously, as the dude. Um, yeah. He has been quoted as saying that if, he, if his career hadn't taken off the way that it did, which with the dad, you know, with his dad being Lloyd Bridges and his brother being Bo Bridges, it's pretty mm. unlikely it wouldn't have done, really. But he's, say, he's been quoted as saying that 
if it hadn't worked out, he'd have probably become that's who he'd have been. He would <laughs> have been a dude. He would have been, yes. And it shows. <laughs> I would have just been walking around in my robe and sandals everywhere I go, <laughs> paying for stuff on, 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 on checks. Yes. Milk. I'll just give you a check for that. <laughs> Yeah, there was a little bit of something else in there because it was like a ten dollar check. Um, I don't think milk is ten dollars, but um, <laughs> but either way you look at it, probably it, it, the that. constituents of a white Russian, I would imagine. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> I love it how that he could be thrown around into cars and all that, still, and that white Russian still is still in the glass. You know? I'm no but then like again, it's, I love I love a white Russian, oh, and yeah. I mean I mean I go 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 go. <laughs> He drinks it very slowly, you know. I, he loves he loves to get it in his mustache. Ooh, got built. <laughs> He's just a character, a proper character. Yeah, and he gets assaulted when he comes back from the bloody store. So, so basically, he <laughs> now now hilarious. he's mistaken because his name is Lebowski. Yeah, right. So he's mistaken for another Lebowski, which you would think. How many Lebowski's could there be? Plus, the other one's a millionaire. Well, that's what he didn't know until he found out. But what I'm just trying to say is that... <laughs> that's stupid the, the the criminals are. Well, the criminals like, hey, again, how do I fucking not know that there's another Lebowski? Again, you know? <laughs> idiot criminals. So, but but then, so, like, he comes into his house, and you guys are just, like, you know, like, chilling and stuff. You, you see the guy behind him and stuff. You're like, what's, what's going on? He's just like, no, nah, no. Nah. And then the other guy grabs him, rushes him into the bathroom, and shoves his head down the toilet. Now, that that had to be some preciseness right there. Wow. Right? <laughs> he goes down three times. The guy says, I, I, I love I love it how he sticks his hand in and pulls his sunglasses out. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> but before that, after the third time being dunked and being screamed at from behind by this guy who's got him by the neck, yeah. Saying, where's the money, Lebowski? Tommy, where, where's the money? And he comes back up again. He goes, I'm sure it's down here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, man. <laughs> this is so cool. He's like, hey, man, I'm so, I'm dusted. But like, um, I'm not, du- uh, I'm not so then, dusted that I can't see like uh, uh, Chinese guy uh, pissing on my rug, and though. And the real, the real <laughs> insult is, as, as you say, the other guy wheeze on his rug. It's like, what's that all about? Which really tied the room together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, that's not cool. Absolutely offended by that. (laughs) I don't get it. And that's where we kick off, isn't it, from that point on, really? Yeah, well, no, because what happens is he goes to his boys, his bowling boys, uh, you know, um, who play by John Goodman Goodman. and uh, Steve Buscemi. So... Steve Buscemi is yeah, just kind of like the again. idiot, uh, Donnie. Shut and, the fuck up, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> and, but John Goodman's character is just all over the place. <laughs> I I do not understand this guy. You know, I would not be friends with him. Um, he's just one of those people who, you know, talks to hear himself talk. And he's just chatting crap all the time yeah. and stuff. But, like, they find out that there's another Lebowski. And then that you must have been confused. They must have confused you for that one, but he's rich. So why don't you go to him and get, you know, him to give you place your rug and everything. So he does contact this guy, you know, and then he ends up at his house. Um, and his, uh, he was the first person we bumped into. His, his yes man is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Amazing. And stuff like that. And, Amazing. um, 
you know, and pretty, what he, he is really good. But then I love it how he comes to, he's looking at all these, like, pictures and, and plaques and stuff. I love it how he comes to a mirror plaque that says Man of the Year. And then it's like whoever looks into it, I'm the man of the year. <laughs> On Time Magazine. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. No, that was pretty cool and everything. <clears throat> but, um, of course, Lebowski um, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't hear it. I mean, you know, doesn't. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't owe you anything yeah. and stuff. But <laughs> another great joke coming. So What's he that? comes out of the meeting being shouted out and shouted down and dismissed, walks down the corridor and Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> comes up to him and says, how did it go, Mr Lebowski? He says, oh, it went fine. He just said, take any rug you want from the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm surprised he didn't just go back. Let me go <coughs> just check that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And <laughs> stuff, you know. And um, then, he meets, then he meets the wife, Bunny. And everything. Yeah, that's an interesting um, encounter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I need to go to Cash Point. She offers him services, <laughs> services for a thousand dollars. Oh my god! Just heading for the Cash Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go to Cash Point. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I it's but so basically, what happens is is that um, it's from this point that. The big Lebowski or the other Lebowski uh, comes up with a plan that turns this into what um, um, Joe Cohen says uh, he wanted to do a Raymond Chandler kind of story. Yeah, so he wanted to do a, a, a mystery, um, you know, complex plot and all that kind of stuff. And it does feel a little bit like The Big Sleep. If you ever seen like you know the big sleep with Humphrey Bogart, many years ago, you know, or anything. Like I'm that. an Elroy. I'm an I'm an Elroy addict. Absolutely, James Elroy. Oh, oh well, yeah. L A Noir, just oh, Rum Punch, absolutely you know, Jamaica amazing, Inn. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like basically, so I mean, what Chandler would do is like he would throw his hero like Sam Spade into uh, the mix with the disparate characters. And they will all be like, you know, like um, identifiable in their somewhat uniqueness. Mm. And, you know, you move to a story that I don't know if you can say that it really like makes sense, but uh, it, it, it follows this episodic kind of feel to it. Because like what it is, is that from the beginning, John Goodman says the girl kidnapped herself. Yep. And then they say, yeah, that probably, that probably is about right. <laughs> you know, so she wants the money for herself. So, yeah. you know, yeah. but that's no reason to say we should take the money for ourselves. But, you know, because you're still going to get paid, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're still getting your 10% yeah. and everything like that. So this is where I think it was like really crazy because you're stuck with a guy like Goodman where it's like you could tell that the dude just wanted to just like, look, man, just leave it. Leave it alone. Just leave me to do what I'm doing. I don't even know why you're along for the ride. Well, a lot of money, $20,000, which I think is what they're offered, is, is, is um, a, lot of, a money. lot of money to him. Yeah. A lot of money. But then Goodman is like, well, no, well, no we should Let's take the whole, the whole thing. million or whatever it is. Uh, but then it's like, who's we? What the hell? <laughs> this is my money. It's my deal. I don't understand what you're talking about, man. I'm just talking to you about what's happening with me. <laughs> That's what I can't stand about people like that. You just want to glom on to things when there's an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? And stuff. And then he totally messes everything up and stuff. Oh, God. You know? Um, He's just another idiot. 
Oh my god. <laughs> But when you're surrounded by idiots, man, how do you get away from them? You know what I mean? At least mean? the dude's got some kind of cool about it. But yeah, 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 man. But it's, it's just like, you know, you should have enough cool to say, I got to get away from this guy. That's right. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. You know. Uh, He's a complete klutz. He really is. Yeah. No, no, definitely. But then, but then, like, what's interesting is, is the fact that, that um, you know, you get, you get these other characters that show up. Right, and uh, let me see. Obviously, Maud. Maud, that's right. You know, who Maud. is the daughter. Yeah. Right? And, like, who tells him that, uh, basically, my dad has no money. What? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Now, it was should have been at that point that, um, you know, the dude thinks, well, maybe the girl didn't kidnap herself and the husband is like trying to kidnap uh, you know because basically what he never does is he he never opens the case that's right he didn't check he never opened the case to check to check if the money was actually in the case it wasn't until later that ooh that great detective work (laughs) yeah right (laughs) he never opened the case in the first place and stuff you know so it's like um, you know um, but yeah so 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 you got you got her saying he's got no money there you got like uh, the porn guy, uh, yeah, um, Jackie Treehorn. Yeah, what the hell was that all about? Because that was confusing me. Yeah, and everything. Um, There's another lovely joke where he takes a note down while he's on the phone and says, "Excuse me a minute." And he goes to check what he's written down. He's basically drawn a, a pornographic sketch while he's been talking. Exactly. Not a note at all or a number or anything. It's just a pornographic sketch. Oh, it was so funny. Now the thing about it is, is that like um, amazing house though. Yeah, thing about it is, is like I'm um, looking at your notes here. You know, you got something that says uh, there's a spin-off titled "The Jesus Rolls." Apparently, yeah, uh, was released because that's 20- John Turturro, another one of their repertory. Uh, so, so wait a minute. When company. I'm just so, are you saying they made that movie? I don't know. No, because what was what, what I was going to check I believe out? Believe they did. But well, what I was going to check out was there was a movie called Kingpin, uh-huh. and everything that. that was about bowling. Okay, right. that I could have sworn that this Jesus character was in, since, and everything, and it was what, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, and it had um, it had uh, Woody Harrelson, right, and stuff like that. You know, um, I could have sworn that was, you know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he was he was an interesting one to Toro's oh, character, uh, you know, because he was he was a pederast or whatever. <laughs> And he had to go around to the neighbors and telling them, that's who I am. And they showed him going to one guy who was this really big guy and stuff like that. And then he's just, ah. And then he cut away. So you can imagine, I'm not going to tell him Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine that? I mean, you know, hey, listen, you're required by law to let people know you live in the neighborhood. It was horrible, wasn't it? Absolutely vile character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be interesting to see that film if if there is another spin-off. Yeah, yeah, Written and directed by Totoro. Oh, okay, no. Yeah, man, there's got to be a movie by me. Um, Jesus Rolls. Yeah, and stuff. Jesus, you would think they would pronounce it. Probably, it probably is pronounced that way. But, um, you know, and uh, what about the fact that, that, so what I was saying to you before was um, a, a, a technique, a visual style um, that the Coens would do in some of their movies is they like to do dream sequences. Yeah. 
and uh, like Busby Berkeley type of dream sequence. And that's where we're at with this. And uh, yeah, so they did that um, in this as well as in Hot Sucker Proxy. Did they? And 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 everything that's and sick. like um, so like the deal is, but this is pretty cool because the dude is walking around, you know, like in shorts and uh, and a robe throughout the whole movie and everything. But then this one, he's got like this like white, uh, you know. Um, a janitor suit on bowler suit, <laughs> not even a bowler suit. But yeah. I thought, what did you think about that sequence? Uh, I thought it was oh, pretty, amazing. pretty cool. Absolutely it was he was amazing. like Thor. I'm Thor. <laughs> <laughs> on my bowling ball, uh, and everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Flying, oh my god, and, and flying dreams. <laughs> that's and stuff. right. Yeah. yeah. So I just came to see what condition my condition is in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he does get abused quite badly. He keeps getting punched out, doesn't he? And yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, not not that bad, but yeah. I mean, I think all you had to do is just give him a love tap, and then he's out. But um, because he's already halfway there, do you know what <laughs> yes. I mean? And stuff. Yes, he is. But you know, since we mentioned that song, I think maybe we do our you know usual in the middle of the thing. In the middle of the night, and then play that song. Uh, my cool. condition and my condition was in whatever. Kenny Rogers had. and the first edition. First of all, I love Kenny Rogers, so yeah, let's play it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. Found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I pushed my soul in a deep, dark hole, and then I followed it in. I watched myself crawling out as I was crawling in. I got up so tight I couldn't unwind. I saw so much I broke my mind. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Yeah. 
So I thought that was pretty cool that, uh, you know, we get that in there and stuff, you know. Um, so, I mean, like, pretty much we have these uh, nihilist bad guys. Uh, yeah, I've got a note to this. There's a couple of... Now, what, very- I thought, what I thought was really interesting about the nihilist, you know, played by Peter Stomari again and, uh, you Flea. know, Flea from um, um, Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers. Is that like, um, is that uh, they had, she she told them to check the albums, and they had an album called Autobahn. Yes. Which I think is a real album, but it's not that, that band. But the way they were dressed, they were dressed like Kraftwerk. Mantronics or yeah, Kraftwerk. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Was. Because like, uh, at around that time, you had those uh, sleazy shows, um... I forgot what they were called, you know, where it would be like, yeah, we're, we're French or Dutch, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, there'd be like these late night shows that come on. Right. Variety shows and everything. Right, yeah. We had, uh, um, yeah, yeah, they played here too, I believe, but, yeah, you know, I can't French remember. guy. Yeah. Euro Dieter, trash. Dieter, like a big guy like Dieter. Like Euro a, trash. Yeah, Euro cool. trash, yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's quite, there's another musician, Flea's the, not the only musician. Uh, I don't think he's even got a speaking part. I don't think he speaks. Or he made it towards the end. Are you talking about the other guy? The girl. Oh, Amy Mann, yeah. So you know of Amy Mann, do you? Yeah. Yes. Um, I was, I mean, I didn't recognize her until I saw her name in the credits. Yeah. And everything. I, I but, bought uh, an album by her not long Isn't it Voices Carry? Is it what, sorry? Isn't her song Voices Carry? I don't. I haven't heard that one, but she's a brilliant singer-songwriter. Yeah, but I think I think I think it was Carrie. I think she also was in uh, Magnolia. Oh, really? Right. But well, but, but, I'll tell you what. The next track I'm going to play is Fourth of July by her. That's so yeah. Amy Mann and Fourth of July. But um, she what it was. I'm just introducing the song, bro. What? I'm just introducing the song. Well, okay, <laughs> you're cutting across me, man. <laughs> it's, that's I wonder my, who does that's that. My job. I wonder who does that. <laughs> Well, before you cut to the song, <laughs> let me just talk about that sequence with the Amy Man and the Toad because, yeah. you know, we get this strange um, sequence where, you know, after another punch out, um, you know, he's in a, he's in the taxi uh, where uh, the black guy is playing the Eagles. Yes. And it's kind of like, hey. I hate hey. the fucking Eagles, man. Well, get so, out of my car. So, the, yeah. <laughs> You know, and everything, so he gets thrown out. I'm right, I'm, I'm completely with him on that. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so as he gets thrown out, you know, the uh, what, what shouldn't happen happens is that car drives by and it has Bunny in it. So it turns out that Bunny went away on holiday. <laughs> but, like, what they do is is that they, they, they zoom into her feet to show that all ten toes. she has all ten toes. At first, I was like, I can't really tell. <laughs> because it was an awkward shot. It was just kind of stupid, really. But 
Um, then after that, we follow the Autobahn guys to a cafe <laughs> where they're joined by you, joined by Amy Mann. Poor Amy Mann. And she's got a missing toe. Nine toes, Amy Mann. But what's funny about that is, is that so when they show up to, to rob um, the dude and, and his boys and stuff like that, they, um, they're like, we ain't got no money, man. You ding, ding, ding. <laughs> He's like, hey, his girlfriend cut off her toe, man. She's expecting this money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what to say to you, dude. <laughs> and stuff like that. They're like, I, I will kill you. I will kill you back. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, stuff. and then it was like that kind of like, you know, fight that people do in reality where it's like, you know, in rea- I mean, like, in movies, obviously, you know, oh, we know how to fight, you know, know how to punch. But in reality, have you ever seen a real fight? A real fight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I've seen a real fight. What I mean by a real fight... People don't know how to fight. When they don't know how to fight. I've seen, I seen two, two friends of mine in the street, uh, uh, down, down, down. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, like, you know, it's like, you don't know how to swing, don't know how to punch. And then you're just standing around circling each other. You're like, come on, man. This is just ridiculous. You know? And that was like how it reminded me of this fight that they're doing here. But um, but poor Donnie has a heart attack. He does. Can I just introduce the song now? <laughs> we already played the song doing this thing. But go ahead, man. This is Amy Man on the 4th of July. the 4th of July Another June has gone by And when they light up our town I just think what a waste of gunpowder and sky I'm certain I am It's one of my faults that I can't quell my past I ought to have gotten it gone I ought to have gotten it Oh baby, I wonder if when you are older someday Verse and a verse and 
Back to you, Phil, and the numbers. Okay, so it wasn't that well received, actually, initially. Mm. It made a profit. Um, mm. The budget was fairly low, $15 million. It ended up grossing out about $46 million, $47 million. So it did pretty well, but it, certainly critically it wasn't received that, 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 that positively. However, mm. big however... However, somehow it 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 reached cult status. Yeah, and there there are conventions every year. There are. I think there's even. I think there's even a religion you can join. The do religion. Yes, I believe it. the ultimate ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The ultimate in the ridiculous. Uh-huh. But um, summarise the Big Lebowski man. It's funny. Um... You know, Jeff Jeff Bridges uh, as a detective or awkward detective. <laughs> excuse me. I'm I will always remember Eight Million Ways to Die. You know, which is a great film that he's done and stuff like that. So when when they said that this was had a Raymond Chandler kind of thing to it, I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, um, you know uh, Sam Elliott going, yeah, I'm kind of glad that the dude's out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it makes you think. You know, now that this case is over, it's like. You know, he might even be a little bit more confident. Might you know want to do another Club, one? You know, so yeah, exactly. You know, because he got nothing else to do. Well, he's got a little Lebowski on the way, but I'm not sure you have any, any any involvement in that. No, exactly, man. Like she said, I don't want you involved, and she said, I just only wanted your thing. <laughs> How about Julianne Moore? She's gorgeous. Yeah, she is. Exactly, Absolutely she's gorgeous. Cool. Yeah, and stuff. You know, and like, um, it's amazing. So. Yeah, I think this film, I think that I enjoyed it, you know. I mean, like, I uh, haven't seen it since it, uh, you know, first came out and stuff. So it wasn't one of those that I was like, what am I watching this for? <laughs> I, I watch it frequently. I do. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, but, so that's Big Lebowski. That's our second triptych here on KCC Live 99.8. On your FM down, the station with attitude here at the Tunnel Vision with Chase Johnson Lynch and Phil Bill doing the takeover once again from the LVP online, you know, where we're podcasters, you know, and we love to talk about film and music and we bring both those skills here to KCC Live and everything like that. So now we're into our third and final triptych of the Cohen Brothers. Of course, not that final film because they got a huge filmography, mm. but, um, but uh, there's been an argument here. Because I said we should be doing Hudsucker Proxy. <laughs> it wasn't an argument. I just got confused. You just didn't watch it. <laughs> I know. So I, I watched, said we should be doing I watched Hud- No Country for Old Men, men instead by mistake. Now, unfortunately, I, you know, I didn't watch No Country for Old Men, but I watched the trailer and I watched behind the scenes, as I usually do. So I know a little bit of something about it. And then I'm saying to myself, you know what? I would kind of fell asleep on Hudsucker Proxy. So I wish I <laughs> did watch No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no country for all men. So, uh, a whole different ball game this one. Yeah, man. Um, it's based on the Cormac McCarthy novel and everything like that. Um, got great cast as usual, 
and everything, but it's crime thriller, you know, and like um, Javier Bardem, who was making a name for himself, really, really, you know, pulled it out here as the bad guy, Anton Chigurh. So uh, tell us about the story. Well, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a crime thriller. It's an again set in the uh, like we said earlier, set in the the the, the remote west of Texas, which is like mm. basically like living in the desert, and it's it's a tough place to. It made me think: Do people really live like this? Do they really live like this? Well, I'm sure they still are. So it follows three main characters: who is Josh Josh Brolin's character, Llewellyn Moss who's a Vietnam vet and a welder, he stumbles upon a large sum of money, funnily enough. There's a, there's a bit of a theme there, isn't there? A large sum of money mm-hmm. in the desert. He, he should have found the money that was missing uh, from Fargo. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> Maybe the snow's melted and that's... That's, that's how I looked at it. I <laughs> looked at right, it as yes. we went from winter to summer. That's right. But he I, comes across the, the, the results of a Mexican standoff. Obviously, a drug deal gone wrong, and everybody's like lying around dead, even the dog. Uh, but then he follows another trail out to, to to underneath a tree, and there's another guy lying there, and uh, two million dollars in a bag next to him. So that's a happy day for him. Um, the second main character, as you say, is, is uh, Javier Bardem's character Anton Chigurh, um, who is a hitman. He's been tasked with recovering that money. And the third main character. Um, is um, Ed Tom Bell, yes, the sheriff, played by the brilliant Tommy Lee Jones. Now, the thing about it is, like I said, I like to look at, you know, like uh, on the making of or or perspectives and stuff like that. Um, And um, one of those perspectives of this film was that it's kind of like based around the seventh seal. You know, where the knight plays the devil, you know, um, for the right to... uh, Get into heaven or 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 hell and stuff, but um, Shakur's character is supposed to be based around that devil character. Whereas, like, what he does is he he leaves everything to chance. Right. Like he gives he offers people uh, a flip of the da- a flip of the coin, yeah, and stuff. And you know, and you have to take it. Like if you refuse to take it, he'll kill you anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that, yeah. you know. And um, which, takes a hand. Yeah, so it was really interesting in that. And even down to his characterization, like, he's kind of, like, wearing all black. He's got kind of like that. He's a cold-eyed killer. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got kind of like that yeah. face, that kind of blanket uh, flick face and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, what is it? It's not like a cattle prod or something, but he uses this thing. <laughs> it is a cattle killer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What they yeah, what they use in like sort of houses for that's cattle. Right. Yeah, that's right. And stuff, and um, that's so. one of the weapons he carries around with him. Yeah, and he it's, uses it's it. weird though because it's an extra. He's like he's got like a tank and a thing, right? It's a gas tank, yeah. That's yeah, right, so yeah. so it's he does weird use it to kill one there. person during the course of the film, mm-hmm. but he mainly uses it to blow out locks. Yeah, that's what yeah. its main use seems to be. And then he's got like a shotgun thing, whatever that is, with a with a great big silencer on the end. Mm-hmm. So he's well equipped for his job. Um, it also starts until he has to go up against this Llewellyn guy. Yeah, but what about, what about what on earth is Kelly McDonald doing in there? How did that I happen? I don't know because I saw that on here and uh, and everything, and I was like, oh, okay, she's brilliant. She plays it brilliant. I love Kelly McDonald. 
Yeah, yeah, because she's the girl from Trainspotting, isn't she? She is, yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous. And stuff like that. And is she um, around the same age? Uh, same age as what? Sorry. As, as, as Trainspotting, I mean. Yeah, she was a teenager then. She was about 18, I think. Mm. Trainspotting. Right, okay. Um, and also, the, of course, the great Woody Halston comes along as a bounty hunter as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he kind of helps us find out about the, the bad guy and, you know, fills in the blanks. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, so great cast, as you said earlier, brilliant, brilliant cast, mm-hmm. um, and a pretty tough old story, really. A, right. a, a tough old story. You can't understand, um, Llewellyn, how come this guy always knows where he's going to be and stuff. And, oh, and finds, how does he always know where? Finds he's a be? tracking device in the bag of money. Oh, right, no, so he's just following the tracking device. That's right, and that's the point, when he finds that, that's the point at which they kind of engage for the first time, really, mm. and they both get quite seriously injured in that, in that encounter. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he does manage to plug uh, the, the hitman, um, mm. but not fatally. Um, so does the hitman feel like uh, invulnerable until he meets up with this guy? I, I think I don't know. He's, he's, he's like well, a, he seems to move around he's like, like a he shark. He's, he's like a shark. There's no yeah, but that's what I mean. So he feels like he's unstoppable, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely. And then like, uh, how come this guy is getting away from me? Yeah, well, he doesn't f- for much longer. So you know, I mean, the ending is uh, is, is quite bloody. But what about the overall? You, if you haven't actually watched it since it first came out. The tone of the film, it's quite quite dark and depressing, really. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There's not a lot of joy in this film. No, I get that. Well, I also heard uh, that there's no music in this film. I don't, I don't think there was, actually. No, no, there was no music in this film. That mm. was a choice mm. and stuff, you know, like, um, you know, as to kind of like, uh, I guess, create that unsettling mood, you yeah. know, because usually music is supposed to carry particular moods, isn't it? And everything, yeah, so to yeah. choose no music is like a choice of yeah. like, hmm, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to feel except for by what I'm seeing on the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's harsh. It's a harsh environment, a horrible environment, right on the Mexican border. He's about mm. to slip over into Mexico at one point. Right. And Brian has to make his way back in, get back through the um, through the customs checkpoints. Um, I haven't seen Josh Brolin in much else, I don't think. He's a very good actor. What do you mean you haven't seen him in much else? That's I Thanos. I think I know his He's brother. Thanos. He's his brother, um, mm, James. No. James is his dad. His dad, right, okay. And his brother is Sean Brolin. I think there's a, there's a Sean Brolin. Right, okay. Let me think, let me think, I mean, let me get that right. Because, um, damn it, I know his dad is James. Okay. But, like, Reason why I don't, I believe there's a Sean Brolin, but the problem is, is that that would mean that they both were in the Goonies together as brothers and stuff. So I don't. So think Josh was in the Goonies, was he? Josh was in the Goonies. Was he really? He was the older brother in the Goonies <laughs> right. and stuff like that, you know. But then that wasn't <clears throat> Sean Brolin. That was Sean Aston. Sean Aston. That's what that was. Yeah. And everything like that. So uh, that's not his brother. Um, so I don't know if he had a brother. I just know he had a dad. Yeah. What else has Josh been in that I might have known of? Or Thanos, bro. I keep saying Thanos. What? <laughs> Thanos in the Marvel Universe. Oh, well, you said that's gone gone right past me. That has, mate. You know I'm not involved in that. All right, people. This is how you know that uh, 
Phil is too damn old. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just didn't really take to it when I was a kid. It Ten years. Me. Ten years. <laughs> Josh Brolin has played Thanos. Uh, he's also uh, played Cable in Deadpool and everything like that. Ah. Only once, but still, everybody knows it. I love Deadpool. <laughs> um, no, Deadpool Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin has been around. I mean, like, Josh Brolin's been around for, for ages, man. But uh, but mainly, uh, he, he's a legacy character because it's like Chris Pine. You know, you know the actor Chris Pine. Uh-huh. Anyway, that? everybody else out there does. Um, <laughs> Chris Pine <Wait>. is... <laughs> Chris Pine was in Star Trek. He played Captain Kirk in Star Trek. In the new one, 2029, whatever, I don't know, 2009. Anyway, his dad is uh, a famous TV actor, Robert Pine, I believe, who was in Chips. Right. Um, Remember Chips? Chips? Yeah. All right, so the captain in Chips is Chris Pine's dad. Okay. So, like, the reason why I'm saying that is because there are legacy characters, just like we said it about Jeff Bridges and his dad being Lloyd Bridges. So it's really interesting when when fathers... um, um, the nepotism of their sons following in, into their footsteps. Yeah, yeah. You know, they look nothing like them, but then again, they have, you know, you have that kind of thing like, oh, yeah, that's his son. Oh. Jeff Bridges has gone so much further than Lloyd Bridges ever went, though, I mean. Oh, yeah, no, no, exactly. But this is just, this, 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 that's the whole thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, but it's like, uh, I mean, because uh, James Brolin, I can remember James Brolin from the Amityville Horror. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. But was he more of a TV actor than a film actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think the Amityville Horror movie was more of a TV movie than a feature film. Oh, I don't think so. You think it was a feature film? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. It's just that 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 whole murder had so many different versions of it, Um, like Bad Ronald and all that other kind of stuff. But but either way is that James, James Brolin had that, like, you know, that... Cool beard and stuff, you know. I think it was in like uh, the Tower Inferno or right, probably. I wanted I wanted to say the China Syndrome, but that's that's um, Michael Douglas, whose dad is Kirk Douglas. Look at this. We're looking at all these legacy characters. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Dynasties, man. What dynasties? Dynasties. Hollywood dynasties, yeah. Well, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, you know, all we were talking about was no country for old men. (laughs) But then we talk about all these old men having young men. (laughs) Well, that country is definitely so. Why? Why? So, what do you think the title means? It's taken from a a poem. It's taken taken from. Yeah, but what does it mean? It's just a harsh, a harsh environment. It really is. No country for old men. Yeah. No, but does somebody say it? Uh, not in the film, no, no. That's wrong. It's it's harsh. It's 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 hard to live in. They the the you know it's cowboys shooting each other. Ultimately, isn't I it, get you know? that, man, but I don't get the title. So I mean, like you know, I I I always love a title to be explained somehow. We go Ooh, title drop. <laughs> <laughs> not in this one. Yeah, this is a country for no. I only watched it yesterday for the first time, and it was very impressive, but. It's not something you want to revisit, really. You know, Probably. it's pretty grim. Yeah, but it was it was re- it was you know it was received extremely positively. Mm-hmm. Made an absolute fortune. Well, it seems like you got Roger Deakins again um, <coughs> as 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 the, as the uh, DP and stuff. Yeah, um, and everything. 
But uh, also, too, is, is that, you know, um, I really wanted to know, like, what happened, but uh, Phil... Well, in the end of the, the end of the story, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Because that that's just the be difference between me and Phil. And I'm not that's the difference spoilers. between me and Phil. Chase will tell you, Phil will not. Who's cool? You let us know. <laughs> you let us know. It's like, hey, man, you know what? I'm glad Phil's the one to tell us, man, because some of us would rather watch the movie and exactly. find out. And then I would say, dude, it is so long ago. If you didn't watch this film, we've inspired you to watch it. 2007, I think it was, wasn't it? Whatever, yeah. man. <laughs> so who's it an homage to then? What? Most. I told not, you this is Seven Seal. Not all of their films are homages, but a lot of them are. So you talked about the Big Lebowski. It's probably Chandler, Raymond Chandler. Yeah, this has got to be Sam Peckin Paul. Yeah, I, I believe it has it. So it has its roots in Peckin Paul. Yeah, definitely. You know, but like uh, the main thing was like I told you, like uh, the Seven Seal elements. Because, I don't know, there was another uh, video on YouTube called The Silence of God or something like that. Because uh, Javier doesn't talk much, does he? And everything. And um, so it's like he's playing in like a a vengeful vengeful angel. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or, you know, or maybe, you know, like a dweller in darkness who Mm. would take you to hell and stuff like that through the toss of a coin. Yep. Yeah. And stuff, you yeah. know, and um, so I just think that's pretty cool, and everything. Um, I think you should watch it. Hmm? I think you should watch it. I probably, I probably, you know what? I'll say, you know what? I'm inspired to watch this film now. Yeah, and stuff. I'm kind of glad I don't know the end. I think I Not. watched. I think I watched <laughs> it through a free trial at MGM. I think it was right. I think that's how I got it. Yeah, okay, bro. So you don't owe me any money for this week. Okay. <laughs> That's how you got your money back. Right. So, you know, you should have, like, uh, did Hussock Proxy. It's it's not a joyful movie, this, but it's brilliantly done. And um, it's it's well worth watching. Everybody should watch it once, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Everybody should watch it once. Hmm. Well, you know, like, uh, so we got a few minutes there, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, like, the deal is, is that, uh, what music will we pick for this? Well, again, like you said, there's not really much to inspire you, so I think I'm just going to go back to... Uh, well, back well, to well, listen the to the music film. I sent you on the playlist. How about that? So <laughs> well, We're playing that anyway, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, with the, so, because, like I said, there was, like, two choices here, right? You know, and, and I already did spend my time watching the Hussucker Proxy. I would just like to say, <laughs> it's a strange one, that movie, um, because it's Tim Robbins and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee and everything, and, um, you know, and Tim Robbins plays, like, this kind of, like, hapless character who is uh, pulled into this, I want to say this web of intrigue, but he's pulled into this company where um, Charles Dernan, you know, it's a successful company, and um, he decides... Mm, I'm going to just <laughs> end it all. And he jumps out the window, all right, and everything, 44 floors and stuff. And um, um, Paul Newman is left to clear up the mess and stuff. And so he realizes that if our company is successful, 
right, and it goes open to the public, then people could just come in and take it from us. So what we need to do is we need to drop the stock. So the only way we could drop the stock is, is like, we need to look like we're failing, so we need an idiot. <laughs> and it just so happens that idiot comes along in Tim Robbins <laughs> in the mailroom, you know, who is like, hey, I invented this. What is it? It's a circle, you know, for kids. <laughs> he just keeps saying that. It's a circle. He just shows a picture of a circle, and uh, he says it's for the kids. And it actually ends up being a hula hoop. And everything, and uh, which is which is kind of funny, but um, in that fashion is so. What what um, what what era is it set in? It's fifty nine. Is it right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like pretty much, um, it's um, yeah, nineteen fifty nine. So it's supposed to be yeah. It's it's the real hula hoop invention. But what I thought was really interesting was is that I mean, um, when we look at old old films. You know, it's like, um, you remember like um, the auto mats, you know, like those cafes, you know, like in the old uh, 50s and stuff where, you know, um, it was like Star Trek and shit. You know, you open up a thing and there's a pie in the glass, in the glass case yeah, yeah. and shit like that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. it was like, a, it was called the auto mat. Right. Like, you know, you could get your sandwich or your cake or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but so they had this thing. Um, like the original employment line was like, um, like a, like a checklist, right? So you go to the board, right? Like in, like in a, in a, in a, in a station, um, and it'll be all these jobs that'll be available. And, you know, the kids keep flipping over and stuff. And I just thought that was pretty cool. So people were, were, you know, like line up to look for, uh, you know, plumber or executive or, you know, that kind of thing or how much experience you need and everything like that. So he just comes in off the bus, you know, and everything. He went to business college and stuff, and he's looking at that, you know, but he ends up in the mailroom and everything. But then, you know, through circumstance, he ends up in the top floor, right, um, delivering the mail to Paul Newman and stuff, and who recognizes him for being an idiot and thinking, hmm, yeah, why don't you sit down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody called you a numbskull, didn't they? Because he looks less like vacant, like stupid. And he's like, no, no, nobody. Did so, but anyway, so he ends up saving like uh, Newman's life because he almost goes out the, the window, like he's loaded boss and everything. So then they, you know, say, okay, now he's the new boss. But then they bring in Jennifer Jason Lee, who's like, uh, remember the front page? Um, there was a movie called The Front Page with a. Cary Grant and uh, some um, famous actress where it was like the fast-talking dame, you know, she's a reporter and she's like, hey, no, 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 Yeah, she talked like that. And um, so she was like that type of character. And, and it's probably her mom. Huh? It's probably her mom. Who's Jennifer Jason Lee's mom? Is it Vivian Lee? Vivian Lee? Is it? Oh, I think you're right because I knew Vic Morrow was a dad. Oh, damn. Yeah, I think you're right. So anyway. Another dynasty. Another dynasty. So anyway, like, so um, she goes undercover to, you know, um, find out who this idiot is and stuff like that. And they end up falling in love and everything. They had that, you know, dream sequence, like I said, that he, uh, uh, the Coen brothers like to do and stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just crazy. But what I'll just say here is, is that, like, um, you got Bill Cobb. Right, this uh, old black actor who got this great voice. 
Um, he's narrating and like um, he's working the clock tower and stuff. And like uh, he got this other old guy, you know, who's just changing the names on the wall, you know, on the doors all the time and everything. And for some strange reason, you know, he's evil. We don't know it and stuff. So then when, uh, you know, Tim Robbins goes out, uh, he's feeling despondent. He goes out, climbs out on a ledge and the guy locks the window, you know, and then, you know, he's like, you know, he's hanging on the ledge and stuff. He's like, and, you know, he's just evil because he had that evil look, right, and stuff like that. And uh, what's going on? You know, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, Tim Robbins falls, and he's falling to his death. He's like, what's going on? I don't know. And then all of a sudden, he's falling and falling. And then um, uh, the clock stops. Time stops. What the hell happened? Bill Cobb has stopped the time. Right from passing, and then um, so Tim Robbins is hanging there in midair, and then the original guy, Hussucker, who jumped out the window, is now an angel, and he comes down. He's like, "Hey, how come you didn't deliver my letter? What? <laughs> you know the one sitting in your pocket? You know that he was supposed to deliver to Paul Newman in the first place? He's like, oh, I didn't know. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on with this movie. So anyway, then the old guy who locked him out of the window, right? He comes in to try and restart time. And so then they, you know, put up the dukes and then they start fighting each other. Bill Cobb and the and, and the ball guy. It's like the angel and the devil, right? But nobody says it is, but that that's what it's like. Bizarre. I'm just telling you, bro. <laughs> and anyway, so like um so as they're fighting, you know, he pulls out the um the broomstick, time um starts up again, and then Tim Thrones starts falling again. And then he, like, he punches the guy, knocks his teeth out. But he has, like, a one of those fake stabbed teeth. So, anyway, so he puts that back into the into the, 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 the clock thing to stop it. So, Tim is, like, right just before the ground and everything like that. And, like, um, you know, and he's inspired now because he now knows what to do and everything. So, then, now, that breaks. But then, now, he just only lands, like, you know, but he's he's alive. Yeah. You know, so then he's able to go after his girl and everything, and um, you know, take over the company and um, without killing anybody. And um, I only said this because I had to watch this movie. People, I'm sorry. So we've covered four now, really. Yeah. But as, as you said, in all four of them, we've got um, narrators. Narrators is another thing, a style and technique of the Coen Without brothers. a doubt, yeah. Well, yeah, like I, I think Old Brother Where Art Thou, uh, um, I believe has a narrator. and um, I can't remember. I do love that film. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, but no, but I mean, I believe they do. I was saying. So we've got Sam, Sam, Sam Shepard. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, sorry, that's right, yeah. Sam Elliott. We've got um, Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men. Phil Cobb. Uh, and uh, who was it on? Um, Fargo? Was there, was there a narr narrator in Fargo? No. No. Okay, so three out of four then. Yeah. Yeah, three out of four. So they only need it when they they only need it when they need it, but it still is a style and technique that they utilize. Yeah. So summarize then. Time to summarize, really. So yeah, man. So I mean, pretty much, Coen Brothers, Autors, yeah. Um, um, one of the first brother directors, you know, that started the trend of brother directors. They're still working to this day. You know, um, you know, um, they established 
kind of like their own um, space in the universe and everything. Uh, and these are just only three to four of their films and everything. And um, hope you enjoy them. Definitely highly recommended. Along with uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Inside Lewin Davis. Um, what Barton else? Fink. Barton Fink, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. Raising yeah. Arizona. Uh, that's terrible, but... Oh, is it? It's Nicolas Cage, man. It can't be good. Well, I'll tell you <coughs> the one I could definitely highly recommend. I never thought I'd say it's True Grit. And if my if my mate Dave is listening to this, he's going to be spitting feathers right now. Because uh, he's a massive, yeah. John Wayne, a massive John Wayne fan. Have you seen the remake? Yeah, with uh, with uh, Hayley Seinfeld and Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And part of the reason I loved it was they they wrote it in 19th century language and 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 vocabulary and it really placed it there for me it really did yeah i mean except for the fact that that you know Haley's character was a little bit more advanced than a girl of her age should have been yeah um as far as like intelligence and what she wanted to do but obviously we only say that because she's supposed to be like a 13 year old girl daniel west and I mean, anybody could be anybody, right? You know, smart or intelligent and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was just kind of. Mm. I loved it though. <clears throat> I loved it. I, I've and I've since then I've rewatched the original film, and I still like it. I still like the remake even even more. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I'm gonna watch it again soon. Yeah, brilliant film. Um, what came from True Grit or Rooster Cogburn? True Grit. He's the character in it, obviously. Yeah, no, I know, but that's what I'm just trying to say is that did he do sequel then? I think the sequel was Rooster Cogburn. <coughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Right. So, yeah. All right, well, you know, I mean, so this has been, uh, you know, uh, the tunnel vision, you know, we moved to the tunnels of time, you know, to look at film and, and uh, experience the music, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm Chase Johnson, it's Phil Bill. We're threatening to do, next time out, we're threatening to do... Kubrick? I don't know if you call it a threat, but okay. <laughs> um, only way you could call it a threat is because, uh-oh, now we're going to go into Jesus' conspiracy theories about space. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sit through Chase talking about there's no space, then okay. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't going there. <laughs> Kubrick went there. <laughs> Kubrick's a good call and stuff yeah 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 so I mean yeah but also too is we're going to also change it up in the coming weeks as well is, is the fact that we're going to be looking at um, instead of just auteurs we're going to be looking at other um, examinations of uh, uh, films and stuff like that you know um, just like uh, changing up whether we look at the actors or the genres or yeah the yeah. actors the genres yeah. or you know, and everything, play on words, that kind of deal. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, just keep 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 it keep it on us from six to eight, you know, um, and ignore the fact that it says we're the soundboard, we're the tunnel vision. <laughs> Soon somebody will actually make note of that and everything. Um, you know, uh, all it takes is a couple of white lines. Uh, a couple of white lines that say, you know, tunnel vision. And... <laughs> Phil, do you know why I said it only takes a couple of white lines? I was wondering. I'm not sure, I wasn't sure quite where we were going with that. Because that's our final song, White Lines. Fun, baby.
and dreams of passion And all the while I think of you A very strange reaction The more I see, the more I do Baby Highway, tell all your friends they can go my way, pay your toll, sell your soul, pound for pound, cost more than gold. The longer you stay, the more you pay. My white lines go a long way, either up your nose or through your vein. With nothing to gain except killing your brain. Dream. Dream. 